0: Good morning Faith Westwood Uh, because we're not having public worship today I'm giving you the message via video. I want to start with a children's time for all ages. Uh, Jesus once talked to a new friend about where to worship. She grew up learning that the best place to worship God was at the top of a certain mountain. Uh, Jesus grew up learning that the best place to worship was at the temple. Most of us grew up uh, learning that the best place to worship God is in a church building. But Jesus said you can worship God lots of places as long as you really, truly worship God. So I decided to write a little poem about where to worship. When we have to close our church, I find an oak or spruce or birch, I will worship in the park. I can worship in the dark. Sing God's praises at the table, joyful noise as I am able. Sing to God while in the shower, I could stay there one whole hour read god's word upon a chair say it walking up the stair i can pray in my backyard you can too it's not too hard give god thanks when scooping snow now can i watch my tv show video game i will pause it pray to god while in my closet praise god lying on my bed praise god hiding in a shed praise god sitting on a stool Praise God, I'm home from school. Now, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Amen. This Friday, the church council and I decided to cancel Sunday worship for March 15th and the 22nd and close the building all week. In all my years as a pastor, I've never faced anything like this. We are scattered throughout the metro, but we are united in spirit. And we know that the Psalms of the Bible were collected for God's people, scattered throughout the nations. Not only that, but many of the Psalms were written in desperate times. The coronavirus uh, is enemy number one right now, and the Psalms, I think, have a lot to say about our enemies. In previous Sundays, we looked at Psalms of wisdom and praise and trust and lament, today, we read Psalm 30, which is a psalm of thanksgiving. Before verse one, we find this superscript, a psalm, a song for the dedication of the temple of David. I've said before that the words of David could mean David wrote it, or um, it was written in memory of him, or inspired by David, or it was written for a later king in the Davidic dynasty, lots of possibilities. It's rare that the superscript will give us uh, an occasion for the psalm like this one does, for the dedication of the temple. Now, David could have written it, but the temple wasn't built yet then. Uh, Maybe his son Solomon, who directed the building of the temple, wrote it in honor of his father. Or it could have been written a few centuries later when the second temple was built, built by Jews returning to Jerusalem after exile in Babylon. Or it could have been written a few centuries after that when the temple was desecrated by a foreign king. After the Jews ousted that occupier, the temple was then rededicated. The Jewish holiday celebrating that rededication is called Hanukkah. Psalm 30 is sung every year by observant Jews at Hanukkah. It reminds me of a hymn of Thanksgiving Thanksgiving written by Charles Wesley that Uh, Methodist preachers have been singing for nearly 300 years. The preachers gather every year for conference, knowing that some have died, but those present have survived another year. And we come together and sing, and are we yet alive and see each other's face. Glory and thanks to Jesus give for his almighty grace. That grace has brought us through Many dangers, toils, and snares. Interestingly, though, Psalm 30 is an individual psalm of thanksgiving. It's about one person's experience. It's one person's song of thanksgiving after being saved by God in desperate times. Uh, I'll read Psalm 30 straight through, and you can just sit back and listen. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. And did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me out, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Lord, hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Now... Let's walk through this verse, this psalm, starting with verse 1. It says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. To exalt means to lift up. The psalm writer lifts up and honors God because God has lifted up the psalm writer out of the depths. If your health were failing and then you uh, got better, you might say, I was sinking down, I was sinking fast, but the Lord lifted me up. I agree with scholars who say that the crisis the Lord brought the psalmist through was a serious sickness. Look at verse two. Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. One other time I shared uh, my Aunt Doris's story. When we were little, we called her Aunt Dodo. <laughs> uh, the other time I shared this, somebody came up to me and said, I have an Aunt Dodo too. Dodo too? Anyway. Aunt Doris suffered a long time with COPD and other health issues. She was never much of a churchgoer. In the early 90s, she nearly died. Fortunately, they brought her back. Uh, later, she told my mom uh, that um, while she, all this was going on, while she nearly died, she went through the tunnel. She saw the light and Jesus spoke to her and said that this was not her time, that she had reasons to go back and she lived another 14 years. Doris, I think, could have sung verse 3. Lord, you, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit, meaning the grave. For 14 years following that surgery, she was spared. Then, in verse 4, the psalmist invites us listeners to sing along. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. Why? Because no matter what we're going through, we have confidence that better days will come. Praising God, when we do that, when we praise God, it lifts us above our circumstances. Praising God puts our suffering into perspective. And the word translated praise in the second half of verse 4 can also mean giving thanks. Uh, When you survive a brush with death, you give thanks to God. Plus, the Bible says over and over that, that God is slow to anger and abounding in love. Do you hear the comparison? Slow to anger and abounding in love. Does God get angry? Sometimes. But when God gets angry, it's only because he loves you. He hates how we hurt ourselves and hurt others, but his anger cannot compare to the abundance of his unfailing love. That's why verse five begins, for his anger lasts only a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. And the suffering that we endure now is is kind of like a mother enduring labor pains, but when her baby is born, she is thrilled. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Now, we don't know how long this coronavirus night will last. We don't know when our day of rejoicing will come, but let me tell you, it will last we will get through this. Our faith makes us resilient. And we hold to the confident hope that when Jesus returns and brings the day of resurrection, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And we will awaken to the ultimate day of rejoicing. The next part of the psalmist story gets introduced in verse six. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. At first glance, this looks like a statement of faith, but when you go through the psalm as a whole, you start to see it more as arrogance. It's like Jesus in the parable of the rich fool, the guy who accumulated tons and tons of wealth and decided just to sit back, relax, eat, drink, and be merry for the rest of his life. The rich fool thought, I'm secure. I will never be shaken. Nothing can touch me. But that very night, he died. And he found that his security was in the wrong place. His security was in himself and not in God. And maybe that's what happened to the psalmist. He had life just the way he wanted it. He was successful. He was rich. He enjoyed all the perks of life until he really got sick. The first part of verse 7 is a little puzzling to me it says lord when you favored me you made my royal mountain stand firm my guess is that before getting sick the psalmist felt on top of the world i can conquer anything then circumstances changed but when you hid your face i was dismayed so what did the psalmist do well what else could he or she do verse 8 to you lord i called To the Lord I cried for mercy. You know, in this time of turmoil that we're going through right now, I hope that we can all cry out to the Lord for mercy. Mercy upon our city, our nation, our world. We who know the Lord need to pray. In verse 9, the psalmist lays out a case before the Lord uh, why he or she shouldn't die like in a court of law. Uh, what is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Lord, if you let me die, think about this. There'll be That'll mean one less servant proclaiming your faithfulness. That'll be one less worshiper praising your name. Well, I think then in verse 10, he sort of gives up that line of thought and just casts himself on the mercy of the court. Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. I know I was arrogant. I'm sorry, I thought I had everything under control, but now I realize how little control I have. Lord, help me. Then verse eleven jumps to the end of the story. The psalmist recovered from that uh, serious illness, uh, which gave uh the psalmist a whole new perspective on life it says, You turned my wailing into dancing, you removed my sackcloth that's the 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 clothing for sorrow and grief, and you clothed me with joy. One day, this coronavirus crisis will pass and we will gather together once again. On that day, all that worry will give way to a party. On that day, isolation will be gone and celebration will begin. On that day, we will shake hands and we will hug each other once more. On that day, We will blend our voices in praise to God. A few days ago, I I visited someone from our church um, who's in the hospital. Because she was intubated, she was not able to speak. She could nod a little. And with, with some paper on a clipboard and a pen with foam around it, she was able to write a few words at a time. So she wrote to me a few things about her health situation She was also looking forward to the visit from a family member. And she also wrote, there is no cure. This is what the doctors have told her, there is no cure. I asked her if she was sure of her faith in Jesus. And she nodded that she was. And I spoke of how, when we leave this life that that Jesus will be there to meet us. And he will take us to that place that he has prepared and we will be there with all of God's people, and we will be home. And I read to her the 23rd Psalm, which ends with, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The last verse of Psalm 30 imagines a great day of celebration, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Today, we are scattered about Today, we wait, but we wait with hope. God is with us. And we know that our faith was made for times like this. We know who we belong to. We know where we're going. We know who's on the throne. Let's pray. Lord our God, hear our cry. We pray for the city and our nation and for this world you love guide the decisions of our leaders help each one of us make decisions that will not just be about us but that will be about loving our neighbors as ourselves save us from arrogance teach us patience show us the way of listening and learning help us find creative ways to care for one another lord We call on you to intervene in this pandemic. Slow the spread of the virus and bring it to a halt. Protect the most vulnerable among us. Help our medical researchers to come up with treatment and prevention quickly. And for all your goodness to us, for your help in this and every time of need, we give you thanks and praise. In the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus,